This is episode 113. The ultimate deck podcast. Need a show about outdoor living? This, this is where it's at. With your host, Shane Chapman and Wade Loren. Thank you for tuning in. Now let the show begin. Yeah, yeah. The ultimate deck podcast. Let's go. Let's go. Wait, how are you doing, buddy? I'm great. Good. Episode 113. Feels back like, to back from 112. Feels like we were just here. Yeah. Uh... We're back live on Instagram again. Same people coming back in. Yeah. <laughs> like, Woo! what is today? Thursday? Thursday. What are you guys doing? Like, I get Scott. Scott's at home. He's laid up. Yeah. At least I assume so. I don't he's, know. He's sure. ready to watch four hours of back-to-back <laughs> yeah. Ultimate Deck podcast. We'll do our best to make I'm sure this one doesn't 30 last minutes. an hour and 40 like last one. Peace. Uh, Peace. Bryce, were you going to give us some moments of... Silence. <laughs> are we just doing <laughs> silence? Uh, no. Of use, uselessness? Moments of uselessness. Moments of uselessness. Here's the moments of uselessness today. We're going to do a little bit of uh, would you rather? Would you rather? Good. Because that riddle, Wade still hasn't figured the riddle Wade out. Wade still so. hasn't got it. Okay. And it's a week later. I know what happened. <laughs> the government took it. The government yeah. took the dog. It was yeah. a conspiracy yeah. theory. Yeah. Super low tax, actually, on that. Yeah. <laughs> it just disappeared. It's like, being in, of a it's like being in Florida. It's like the Florida tax rate there. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Exactly. Okay, first question. Would you rather be the funniest person in the room or the most intelligent? Mm. Funniest. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Who, okay. Funniest. I said Who me. is the, mo- <laughs> the funniest person in the room? Bryce. Not me. I'm not. So are we talking mirrors or like words or what? <laughs> mirrors? Yeah. Like if we're Oh, like what, who's the funniest looking? <laughs> and well, apparently he's the funniest. I'm the funniest. He's, he's guy. the funniest. There it is. Uh, no, I, I'm a guy who likes to have fun, and so I think that funny would be better. Because in today's climate, I don't know that it's good to be smart. No. No one believes you anyway. Right? It doesn't matter. You're on the outside if you have any intelligence in this world right now. Exactly. And you're outnumbered. Funny. You're so outnumbered you can out- by funny people. That's the problem. Yeah. They're not funny, though. <laughs> God. Uh, would you rather... Eat no candy at Halloween or no turkey at Thanksgiving. No turkey at Thanksgiving. Oh. I'm a no turkey guy too. Well, I'm a vegetarian. Right, because so. I'd eat it the next day. I just, <laughs> <laughs> you just wait. It's better cold. <laughs> That's a tough one. Why? So, okay. So do you get to eat the candy like just for one day? or Because my Halloween candy, like it lasts a while. What? Okay, so let's just say. So does a turkey. To, when was the last time you, you cooked a turkey eat, and ate it all the one day? You get to eat last Thanksgiving. no yeah. Halloween candy or no turkey yeah oh yeah i'd skip the turkey then i'd skip the turkey. if i get to have the halloween candy for like as long as it lasts then okay i'm doing that yeah and so the argument is, i'll just have turkey at christmas the argument is made perfectly <laughs> somebody told me one time that turkey is just total garbage they're like it's the worst food and the reason i know it's the worst food is nobody cooks it in between the three times a year it gets cooked <laughs> i agree right and they're nobody like eats turkey do you think it's because of, that's the volume of food though it's like could share your point you can't finish a turkey you're not going to cook it for you and your wife yeah but you could like you can freeze it you can buy a small turkey that's when you that's what chickens are for that's what a chicken is it's they're a different. small turkey anyways i so it was like if you actually like turkey nobody likes turkey if you like turkey you'd cook it on a wednesday and then there would be like you know meat all week and we're having like, that today actually not turkey tiny turkey Tiny turkey. We're having tiny tucker tiny 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 turkey in the slow cooker. That's tonight. really funny. What was the somebody what did Scott call the Canadian geese? Uh Cobra Cobra chicken? Cobra Cobra chicken. <laughs> That's what they are. Cobra chickens, yeah. They're mean. Yeah. Have you ever eaten Cobra chicken? Yeah. You it's have? Really good, yeah. Is it really good or is it just like no. so people who eat weird things like always say no, no, something's no. really so good? So it's not like duck. Duck is really greasy and oily. Like duck is oily. Oh, yeah, that sounds good. And it's hard to, like it's dark meat and it's hard to cook it so that it's not like oily and slippery like duck is. Goose is great. Goose, I find goose is really hard to cook. Yeah, I, I like goose quite a bit. Goose is tasty. Yeah. There's just a lot of fat on it. Lots of people will grind it up too and turn it into a jerky, right? They'll like, oh. anyways, grind it up and smear it down on um, Cold how about chicken. the other half of that? How about snake? Would you rather would you eat, eat snake? snake? I would eat snake. Would you, I would, I'd probably eat snake. Be fun to turn it on them for once. Reminds me of Waterboy. <laughs> <laughs> what part? I of had the, the chance to eat eating? snake. We went to a restaurant in Banff, Alberta this past summer, and on the menu there was snake, and I ordered it, but it happened that they were 
Uh, we're out of snake right now. Yeah. We're like, uh, snake? <laughs> Weird. How do you have a snake in the menu that gets ordered four times a year and not have it available? So I, I think they subbed it out for, um, I don't know, but it was it was called the exotic wild fondue or something. And I think I ended up getting kangaroo instead of snake. Oh, or sturgeon. It might have been sturgeon instead of snake. Sure. Oh, sturgeon. That's, and I was looking forward to the snake because I was like, I will not eat snake anywhere else. Other than Banff? Like, I would try it in Louisiana. Yeah, maybe, but I just mean, I <laughs> yeah, just mean like, exactly. I mean like, sturgeon's <laughs> still a fish. Snake. Australia? I don't know. If you're like, if you're going to be somewhere that they're going to feed you snake, make sure it's a place that they actually like cook snake. <laughs> yeah. Banff is like, oh, we have a really sick garter snake recipe. Yeah, they got rattlers there. Right. Not, I mean, this other stuff is clearly though. imported. There was kangaroo in there on the yeah. menu. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Would you rather? One, we'll do two more. Well, we'll do one. We'll see how long. Would you rather do one more or two more? (laughs) Would you rather do one more or two more? Uh, Would you rather be able to run at 100 miles an hour or fly at 10 miles an hour? Fly at 10 miles an hour. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, fly at 10 miles an hour. That opens up opportunities. If I want to run 100 miles an hour, I'll drive there. (laughs) That's fair. I can't. I c- unless of course at a hundred miles an hour I can cross water running, like mm, yeah you probably could I've seen snowmobiles do it so that's it, like because then maybe I would but if you're running then I'm stuck in North America that's it but if I can fly at ten miles an hour I could fly across the oceans that'd be a long flight that's I'm just I'm just ten miles an hour <laughs> but maybe it's like a backstroke and you just like years later yeah, flip over <laughs> how much like, food do you got you got to carry it anyways. Uh, okay, let's do the last one then. The last one will be a gross one. Good. <laughs> Would you rather eat poop that tasted like chocolate or chocolate that tasted like poop? Poop that tasted like chocolate. Because <laughs> <laughs> the taste is chocolate. Yeah, but I think but I it's take poop. the chocolate because you know that it's just like fake flavoring. It's like those jelly beans. We eat the jelly beans like spoiled milk. I'd rather eat a yeah. jelly bean that tastes like spoiled milk than eat the spoiled milk spoiled that's milk. sweet tasting. But if it didn't, the problem is the taste for me. Not See? the fact that you could develop like toxic <laughs> shock syndrome from eating feces. Septic. You become septic. <laughs> you become <Yeah>. septic. Nope. <laughs> septic. Yeah, you're not wearing a tampon, but maybe you are at the time. <laughs> Um, what <laughs> fairly good construction is like, what, what exactly is happening here right now? <laughs> <laughs> so that was another moment of uselessness. I, I'm glad my son, my fortunate old son does not listen to this because I, we, <laughs> he does this shit all the time. <laughs> and my wife and I are always like, would you knock it off? Like, these are so stupid, these questions. And now like his, that poop question would be one of his. That's why. Yeah, I, yeah. Poop flavor cookie. Shh. Shit? Nope. Oh. Just shh. Oh, okay. Shut it. So anyway. Okay, let's move on to the topic. Now that we got that moment of use. Out of the way. Uh, today's topic. So, Wade, do you even remember 109 episodes ago? No. Because you, you didn't used to do them in the first year. Yeah. Hardly. Yeah, like, you weren't on it. It was possible that I didn't attend. Yeah. Uh, I did do this one, though. Did you? Mm-hmm. Oh, Okay. Uh, well, let's change the topic. Apparently, quick apparently you don't remember. <laughs> yeah, I never ago. claimed to. I was hoping he did because I was like lost here right now. Oh, uh, what were you doing? Yeah. So what we're talking about today, a few years ago, a couple of years ago on episode somewhere around like three to five, I feel like it was a really early. We did an episode around it called the foundation of every great deck. And it's a topic that I think we should get back to and touch on again because it's buried so far back there. And there's even maybe a couple options that weren't around back then, to be mm-hmm. honest. And so we're back today to talk again about the foundation of every great deck. Foundation of every great deck. Which is a little punny way to say that we're talking about like piles and foundation components today. Yeah, because you don't get a second chance to do foundations. That's right. No, well, I mean, if you do get a second chance, not a good thing. Well, there was a deck in Regina. They got a, they got a crack at it last year. And yeah, fell over. Fell right off it? the house, yep. I got a chance to uh, redo a few things. Foundation yeah. was fine. Turns <laughs> I out believe the, the piles were probably fine on <laughs> yeah. that one, yeah. Foundation was good on that one. So what we're talking about today is the different types of foundations and just our, um, you know, like we don't, let's be honest. We just both said we'd like to be the funny guy. Neither of us are that intelligent. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know that there's a whole lot of learning to happen. You guys, uh, you might be pretty shocked to find out, but uh, 
was that just an hour long episode of them just telling us things that they're aware of? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's no, no actual commentary. Oh, so yeah, these exist, and then these other things exist. We did that 113 times. Well, you'll have to try them to see what they're like. <laughs> um, <laughs> that last episode would have been great for that. That's exactly Loyalty that program comparison. So Trex has one, and yeah. Timber Tech has one, <laughs> and Fibron has one. The information's on the website. Uh, check it out. Go check know. it out. Let we could have actually just done a post. We could have just done a post with like links to the website. Right. And like, boom. Just left it up on the Saved story live for an hour. <laughs> I've decided that this podcast format is not the right <laughs> format of media for what we do. <laughs> we there needs to be some brochures. contextual information provided <laughs> along with this shit. Okay. Um, in spite of us being the funniest guys in the world, there's still only five people on the Instagram, so let's just get this going. Yep. Um, now, the first one we're going to talk about is not a common thing in other areas that people are going to be listening from. They're like, so this is going to raise some eyebrows of people being like, that's not the proper way to build a deck. But in some markets, people still do this, building a deck on top of the ground and not actually putting piles in at all. Correct. And so what that looks like in our market is, there's a few products out there. The one we've really latched onto and the market's really latched onto out here is called the GH Leveler. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're probably, like, you're probably wondering where they got the name for that. GH leveler. Mm, let's let's come up with some uh, ideas. What's GH stand for? Uh, I don't know. Funny funny guy one. <laughs> Want to take a crack at that? Yeah. Just in a bit though. <laughs> <laughs> See, got them both laughing. Got them both laughing. <laughs> this is foundations um, of a great joke. It's a grossly <laughs> heavy leveler. Mm, no. Lateral load. You got to think about the lateral loads here. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, Groping horny leveler. Uh, I was going. With a, <laughs> I was going with a good hammer. <laughs> good hammer leveler. Good hammer. Uh, yeah, but it's a could be a good house leveler. Good house. There you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Go ahead. You can give the nope. you can give the real name if you want. <laughs> I've stopped thinking about it, but so the you can tell the guy the guy's smart. This is a product made in Saskatchewan mm-hmm. by a farmer, and so he whipped Machinist. something up here. But marketing was not a strong suit. His name's Jeff Herschel with a G. Yeah. Oh man. He's a G off. G H leveler. G off. G off. Herschel like G-H leveler. leveler. <laughs> Who made it? I did. My initials are G H. What does it do? Levels things. Perfect. Yeah. Pretty straightforward. Ground heaving leveler. Oh yeah, that would That's work. A, that that would was pretty one. good. Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah, Jeff. Uh, Jeff is a very straightforward guy. Yeah. If you ever meet Jeff, he's just like, "Here's your stuff. Here's your invoice. Thanks." You you need stuff to level? <laughs> I got it. <laughs> I got it. It's under my initials. Gotta go. <laughs> See you later, Jeff. Thanks. So there's other products out there that do the same thing. Pilex makes some. There's a local place in town, Cindercrete, that makes a like a threaded rod adjustable saddle of sorts that your post for your deck can sit into, and then they sit on top of something else. A deck slab, a block of some sort. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's like the ground's going to move, and we're going to let it move. We're just going to tweak yep. the deck around that. So go to it. Now, the, the immediate poor thing about this is that it does nothing to inhibit the ground moving. None of these do. But it does nothing to like combat the force or like counteract the force of the ground moving. It's going to move with right. the ground. When the ground yeah. heaves, the whole thing, the whole deck heaves. Fine. The point of it is it's got a thread rod that you can get out there with your wrench and Give her a with spin. a few turns, you can re-level off your deck. Yep. The number of times people do that. Zero. It's probably next to none. Mm-hmm. So, but it's a good peace of mind to put that thread rod there and that way you know that you could. So the problem too is that it's not attached to the ground. That's the biggest probably it's like problem. Insurance. Probably, right? You never use it, mm-hmm. but you pay for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in some areas where they do allow these things, they'll allow them as long as it's Regina. not attached to the house. Oh yeah. You could say like on a floating deck, you can just like set it on the ground. It doesn't have to be piled into the ground and positively mm-hmm. attached to the ground, but then you can't t- attach to your house because your house is not moving. Here, they're like, no, that's, I like, who doesn't like Everything hinges. moves. House Everything moves. moves. Yeah. The houses move. The trees move. So a slab is some sort of leveler. That's the, like, this a is a budget way. way. You would not do this for any other reason than to save money. Argue for or against that concept of like, that's not where you should be saving money. Agreed. But like, it is what it is. There's markets that allow these things to be sold. And that's yep. what it is. Put it on the ground. The pros is that they're quick and easy to install. They are adjustable. They hold a lot of weight, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, and they're cheap, right? These GH levelers that we sell, they're 20 bucks Canadian. Right. So, and then a gonna, sla- like a $7 slab. I'm going to pad your side of the table right away. <laughs> pad? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's what we should have done today. It should have been the arm wrestle day. Really? <laughs> what What do you mean by pad? You just keep... <laughs> I know. 
You got a heavy left hand right Order! <laughs> Where's the gavel? I figured that's what you're talking about, but listen, I've been I've been trying for the last seven minutes to lift my hands, and I'm just that tired. <laughs> Anyways, okay. Back in there. Okay, Bye. now the next one um, that we'll talk about is... I'm going to call this like the next light duty option. And, and it's a Pilex screw pile that we sell. Whoa. And is, you know, available over Home Depot. Sounds you can like find you them anywhere. Tricked them. So you weren't ready, hey? Is <laughs> that like, third on your list? Order. I sneaked uh, off his paper. Yeah, you were like. <laughs> um, <laughs> light duty option. So the cost of one of these is about the same. They're about 30 bucks again uh, for a Pilex screw pile. What Cha-ching! these things are is a four foot long, 50 inch long, um, inch and three quarter steel pipe that's coated painted with a small little six inch helix on the end of it and a four by four saddle on top. And you turn this thing in by hand or you could use an impact wrench, but in the instructions it says throw a two by four in that thing and walk in a circle for a bit. <laughs> that's actually like legit. The instructions. <laughs> Get so your kids funny. to walk in a circle so for a bit. I having installed one of these things, <laughs> it's almost, so do you remember when you were a kid and you would take a baseball bat and you'd like stand yeah. on the baseball bat <laughs> and you'd spin around it and then you try to walk? That's what putting these things into the ground is like. Over and over and over and over again. Yeah, right and around. then you finish and then you fall down. Yeah. I have a friend. You also know this friend. <laughs> yes, I know this one. <laughs> and so he did them hungover and was puking. It was like, what kind of sick joke is this? You s- four feet. You sent these things out. <laughs> so I was supposed to turn them into the ground and like, so anyways, I, it wasn't my fault. He was hungover. That's right. <laughs> Do not use hungover. But I did, uh, I did maybe oversimplify how, how easy these things were <laughs> to use when I sold them to him. He was like, oh, it's no big deal. And it's like, it is no big deal. If you have a sandy soil, sandy soil, we don't, we have clay soil. And you don't push anything into clay soil. No. <laughs> it's like, it's awful. Yeah, I, I put some of these under the um, under the lower tier of my deck. Sober. 11 of them. I, yeah, I was, was <laughs> well, not going to do that. I don't handle spinning at the best of times, <laughs> let alone after. Or drinking. Or drinking. It would never combine the two. I should try it. Maybe I would become superhuman. In Double negatives. Yeah, You'd be negatives, good to go. Right, exactly. You'd be positive. So... That um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sounds like a frat game gone wrong. Right. Scott's exactly right. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. But so look them up if you want to use them. I consider them to be very light duty. They claim they can support up to 5,000 pounds on the unit itself, but that is completely dependent on what you're screwing them into. Pretty small unit. So That's what she said. <laughs> and it's also a fairly small shaft. <laughs> That's oh. what she said. Most small units do have small shafts, <laughs> yeah. in my experience. But they'd be good for stairs, right? Landings. That's Landing, where we stairs. say tell people like, yeah, small little set of stairs. And if your frost line is Wasp. not more than Wasp. four feet, if you want to spell that, it's F W O S T frost line. We should do two all the time. Frost line. Um, if your frost is shallow, then these things will get below it. They'll probably anchor just fine, and they'll they'll you know if it's small deck that doesn't require a lot of bearing capacity, then these would be fine. So. They have a place. Um, just not in this podcast. So we'll move on to the next. <laughs> <laughs> the best part is like nobody from Pilex even knows this thing exists. Right. Yeah. We're not hurting anybody's feelings. <laughs> Screw you, Pilex. Next one we'll talk about is uh, just your traditional concrete pier or pile. And so this is the most common for sure. Um, it's been around forever. It's the tried, true, safe, code appliant, yeah, like code compliant. The started it, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's the way you, that, that's like universally accepted everywhere. As long as you get a proper depth and proper size, um, you know, every engineer will stamp that off. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple ways to do it though. A lot of people are hell bent and completely abide by the idea of burring the posts in the concrete. I don't like that. And burring. the reason, their reasoning for it is it provides a lot of lateral stability to the deck. And this is true. If you bury that post in concrete, the post has very little m- Movement. Movement to flex, and then you're not really hinging where your post connects to your beam. That's always a hinge point there. Uh, you may not need the knee bracing that you maybe were going to need or something because yep. there's enough lateral stability by being buried in concrete. Yep. The drawback to that that everybody else says is like, you're just asking for rot. Like, that's not going to last. Mm. You bury the post in concrete, and the water gets in there, and your post is going to last six years. 
You G tape the crap out of it. You could. There is protective sleeves you could do, or you could do like a G tape or something to protect it. And it I'm sure rots. that would go a long way. It rots right at the point of like where the where the concrete is level. Like right Oh, like the transition it. from concrete to air. Right mm. there. That's where the post rots. Because the moisture sits there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not in doesn't like two feet down concrete. doesn't rot. It it's rots right at the top of the concrete. I gotcha. Now that said, that's how pretty much every fence is built. Yep. Is by burying a post in concrete. Mm-hmm. Or just and the so, ground. Or just the ground. Mm-hmm. And those can last. But yeah, if you're gonna do I would say if you're gonna do that, I like I've never done a deck that way personally. Um I see the value in doing it, but I would for sure if I was if deciding to do it that way, I would for sure be using some sort of protective barrier to make sure that post doesn't rot out. Whether it's G tape or there is I don't remember the name of it. There's a plastic sleeve that you can slide over the bottom of posts before you burn them in concrete. I feel like it's like a UK product. <laughs> I leave it alone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe if you use those at home, you wouldn't have three kids. Yeah, right. <laughs> Is it ribbed? I heard it's a lifestyles product or a Trojan. <laughs> so you have that option. It's probably a good option. The other more common and code compliant way to do this is you, you bracket your post to the concrete. Yep. You sonar tube your pile, however deep is required, however big is required, and you mount a plate on it, most commonly like a Simpson ABA bracket or some sort of standoff. And so I think it's important to have that in there as well to, to have the standoff because if you take your post and set it right on top of the concrete, mm-hmm. same problem, like same rotting issue. But yep. if you can get that Simpson, that's what we sell most of. So we'll talk about that ABA. It has basically a one inch standoff, allows a little bit of airflow underneath the post. And you could, but you could use a GH leveler. Couldn't yes, you? you could. You could, you could mount yeah, a they, GH leveler down. Yep. Yeah. They have a bracket that you can bolt to the, pile and then it's like a plate give you the most flexibility yep you just want a connection to the concrete yeah i mean there's different ways to do it there's guys that use like a j bolt or like there's different brackets that would accomplish the same thing even those little pilex saddles that would normally sit in a block can be flipped upside down Mm -hmm. bury the rod into the ground to give you adjustability if you're worried that you're still going to have to adjust this deck at some point then you could add some sort of leveling component in there Mm -hmm. simpson bracket's not going to do it for you but others could so okay um so that one's good. The problem with those, though, is that unless you get a proper depth, you're they're not super great at combating frost heave. It's hard to get a proper depth, too, in some places. <laughs> in some places, mm-hmm. depending on where you're listening from. So for some guys, this is no problem. They have to go 12 inches. They dig this with a shovel, and <laughs> they're done. Like, yeah. if, that's, if that was all you had to do everywhere, none of these other products would even exist. That's correct. These other products exist because some places, you got to dig a little bit more than 12 inches. And so therefore people look for better solutions because that's no fun. Yep. Um, for example, here, if you're going to get like an engineered deck built, they're going to want you yep. to go probably on average 18 feet deep. What? I was say. Yeah, eight, 18, 18 feet? 18 to 16 feet. Why and do you got to go need, so deep, Shane? You're going to need 300 piles too. <laughs> that's a lot of, that's a lot of piles. <laughs> that's a lot of piles. <laughs> for your stair landing. <laughs> So we've talked about this before. We might live in one of the shittiest places to build a deck on the continent, not mm-hmm. only because of our frost steps, but because of our soil types. Yep. And so oh. all of that clay. Funny that we, that we to latched on to doing this, right? <laughs> but it was like, we should, uh, we should really talk about decking. Yeah. Nobody else wants to touch it category because it's yeah. painful. Um, here to like, and let's be honest, the average Joe that's building his deck. This is why they put them on the ground. Because they don't want anything to do with drilling out of 18-foot deep hole and filling with concrete. They just aren't doing it. The only people doing right. that are home, home builders when home they're builders. pouring 18-foot deep piles all over for the basement and the garage and everything else. Correct. Yeah. They'll punch them for the deck too. Yep. Um, or if it's a second-story walkout and you have a reputable company who's got engineered drawings and whatever else, then they might too. Yep. But it's definitely a rarity, I would say, for most decks that are built in the Correct. Yep. That aren't high. So as a result of that... Can we talk uh, about why they have to be so deep? Do people understand that? Piles are friction. Piles are friction-based. <clears throat> and so if your frost goes down six feet, you have to have seven feet of pile below the frost line to counteract that. That's all there is to it. Tug of war. They still move. Tug of war. <laughs> yeah. People often think that piles are like put there so that the deck doesn't push down. It's actually there so that the deck doesn't go up. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So double your frost line here. That's It's it's crazy how deep it is here. Well, and like... If you were to build a, a deck near a body of water, you probably can't use concrete piles. Yep. Yeah. Potentially, yep. Yep. Just couldn't get past the water. Yep. That's right. 
So as a result of that, how would you do it if you weren't going to use concrete then, yes. Shane? Oh, God, let me tell you. Please. Let me enlighten you here. Uh, have we mentioned this? Have, have we talked about these in the podcast before? Track saws? Yes. <laughs> <that> track saw. <laughs> Speaking of track saws, did you see that? Uh, who was Is it Kate? Kate Campbell? She used a track saw just the other day. Kate did she? I think so. Put in a okay. Pebble Gray Trex deck. Used oh, a Trex saw. DeWalt. Oh. A Trex saw. DeWalt one. I was going to comment on it, but she hasn't. I was going to have to do it from the Ultimate Deck Shop page because I think she's blocked me personally. It's over. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> like most women have on yeah. the app. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, another one. You know what? Before we get to the one that I want to talk about, let's oh, talk about good. the Diamond Piers because these have become, because I would say these are also like not as good as what we're about to talk about, but they're, they're an option for places that they say have frost no deeper than 48 inches. What the heck's a diamond pier? Right? Sounds expensive. Sounds isn't very it? expensive. I actually don't know what the cost these are. I bet you that they're like they won't be as much as like a helical pile, but they probably I don't know, 70, 80, 100 bucks maybe. I don't know. Piece potentially? I'm not sure. No I'll idea. Do, I'll do a quick look. If anybody in the Instagram knows how much the diamond piers go for in your area, if you use them, let us know. So what a diamond pier is, is it's a formed a block of concrete formed into the shape of a diamond. That's where it gets its name from. So it's got kind of like a coned bottom portion to it. And then it at the top, like it looks like a diamond that goes in a ring, like that shape. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I had to say that because if I say diamond, you're all thinking that shape anyway. I usually think of like something that you use to cut glass, but that's okay. Okay. <laughs> I so avoid rings. It's, it's that shape. And what it uses is these long um, steel rods. It's got the, the concrete is formed with holes through the sides of the, uh, the four sides and these long rods get driven in typically like with a jackhammer attachment and they get pounded in and essentially they crisscross beneath the concrete slab. So you dig out a small little hole in the ground to set this little diamond concrete block thing in, stabilize yes. it. And then yep. you drive these pins in Yep, and then they crisscross this way and they crisscross back the other way. So you've got these four pins interlocking crisscrossing wow. in the ground. So, all like these pins driving in <laughs> in this different direction like locks just in place. This <laughs> yeah. is crazy looking. It looks like a little spider. Right? Yeah. So those pins lock in. They're pretty expensive. And then it... How appara- much are they? Uh, $160 American uh, up here. Holy smokes. That's more than I thought they would be. Depending on length and size. Okay. So a little bit more than I thought they would be. They seem good. The nice thing about them is that you don't need necessarily large equipment to install them. If you've got the little jackhammer, you can drive them in yourself without, you know, bringing in a pile installer or a bobcat or whatever else. Yeah. Uh, so they're nice that way. They don't combat frost deeper than 48 inches. At least they didn't before. If that's changed, you're saying they have longer different so, size pins now. So maybe that's different. Now. Yeah. So you can get two different weight sizes of the concrete diamond. Okay. 50 okay. and 75. Obviously, the 75 one is worth a lot more. Pounds? Is that pounds? 50 pounds. pounds and 75 pounds? So they're pretty heavy, too. Yep. And then uh, you can get a 63-inch pin length for the longest. Five feet. Okay. So, so that's not probably a, still the 48-inch depth because they're putting that in on an angle, so it won't actually go 63 inches deep. Mm-hmm. So I, I've never quite understood how they're effective against frost because at the end of the day, it's still a block sitting on top of the ground. If the frost pushes up underneath it, like... Are the pins really strong enough to like hold that thing down and the and like crush the ice and the frost? It's trying to like. What are they going to hold against? Right, like the reason the ground swells is that the moisture in it, like the moisture in the ground swells, it freezes. Yeah, and so the ground like gets bigger. Yeah, and so this pier is just attached to that four feet. Right. So how can it like? How does it not go up? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if you were for a full four feet, I, I, I'm guessing they're more effective the shallower the depth is, obviously. Sure. But if there's only, a, you know, a, you know, 12 inches of frost and those pins are four feet deep, then maybe that helps more. I don't know. But yeah. anyways, yeah. They're, they're popular in some areas. Some guys use them and love them. Um, and in other areas, like we've never explored them because years ago at my first deck expo, what was that, five years ago now? I had seen these things in a magazine at some point and they were there. And so I went and talked to him. I was like, Hey, these look, these look interesting. They seem like they'd be perfect for our area. How do they work? And he's like, yeah, they're, here's how they work. Oh, they're great. They work for frost up to four feet. I was like, Oh shoot. That's not, that's not going to work. He's like, what do you mean? It's not going to work. Where are you from? (laughs) Where are you from? That's exactly what it sounds like. Then you, yeah, you almost don't want to say Canada because then you got to listen to the next half an hour of like, Oh yeah. Yeah. The internet there. So I told him, I was like, well, I'm from Saskatchewan. Like, our frost can be six feet deep. 
And he's like, I just blew his mind. He's like, no way. That's, you're kidding me. You don't actually get frost that deep, do you? Yep. Okay. Sounds good. Like not all of Canada. If you're in Southern Ontario, you're three feet, yep. four feet. If you're in BC, you're not next to nothing. Zero. Yeah. But so, so here in the prairies. These things are code compliant for the state of Minnesota, though. Mm-hmm. Which would have fairly deep frost. Which would as well, be right? pretty close to where we are. Yeah, they're, they're probably five feet. Probably, I would say. Five, six yeah. feet. So there you go. I mean, there's certainly a better option, even if they don't combat the frost perfectly, than the options we talked about earlier. Absolutely. And sitting it on top of the ground. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what's the connection at the top of it look like? Is there a good lateral like a load? Square. Good lateral it's like load. Another diamond on top. It? It's just flat. Okay. So how does a post connect to it? I'm sure you have to buy. Just some have to sort buy a bracket, bracket, and anchor it on there. Comes with. Mm-hmm. Um. Fairly good construction says on the Instagram here. I'm designing a dock for our place down the coast. Is there different options for piers in water? So we need our buddy Jason Varney back on here for that. Mm. Did you guys? You guys talked about that a little bit. We didn't. Did talk you know any structural we stuff? Didn't talk we about just peers. We just chatted. So I don't. Like I don't know that. I don't. I'm not well versed in that enough. I know that he and many dock builders they drive piles. Correct. They drive like steel treated you know like they drive steel or or steel or wood. Mm. Right. And hammer like, them. Yeah. Hammer them. I've seen those. Like before. you would drive boom, piles for a bridge. Boom, boom, yeah. Boom, yeah. Because you can drive boom. those like I beams essentially straight Correct. in. Correct. Yeah. So if you're wanting to like stabilize that dock and make sure it's not moving with the water, then that's probably the way to go. You got to pound them in. I don't know how else you do it unless you can part the sea. And I don't know why you'd want like, like wouldn't you, wouldn't you want your dock to be like a little no, but move you move a little. So I would want I the dock to move around the the structure, the structure. But, but like I would drive piles in and then I would build it so that the dock was able to ride up and down on that. <laughs> that's what she said. Exactly. <laughs> your hand motions right now are ridiculous too. Is it that big, Wade? Just like at home. <laughs> it's not this way. Right? Ouch. So, uh, yeah, dr- but like pile driving. I don't, do you know of any other options? I mean, there's the option of like floating docks. But yeah, it, but if you're docks. Depending on what you're building, like if it's just kind of a boat dock, fine. But if you're building like a structure like Varney builds where it's like a damn house on the water, I guess you don't the, want that bouncing around. I guess the other mm-hmm. thing is we're, th- we're not thinking, we're thinking about like Saskatchewan bodies of water that generally freeze over and if you were to leave anything in the water near the shore it would be destroyed so that's funny i was actually right. thinking of the ocean when i was i just thought about that i yeah. was like when the waves are rolling in and it's like yeah I and i was thinking one. rivers because that's where varney builds his <laughs> river so anyways we've tackled all three bodies of water here <laughs> so if it's a lake that freezes nothing if it's the <laughs> ocean you want to be able to have it float <laughs> yeah but there probably is legitimate differences between all those right like mm-hmm. obviously in the ocean you gotta that's the thing's gotta be beefed up it's getting waves crash into it and a river's got a current and a lake is a lot of them are fairly still it's a larger lake it may not be so still so mm-hmm. yeah yeah probably different considerations piles. for sure i would think that driving piles would be best fairly good construction says we're looking in into twisting pvc pipe and concrete inside oh mm-hmm. so okay mm. yeah good question so diamond piers um, that's all there is to say about those. A little bit more pricey than I thought they were. Nice, They're easy one expensive. to put in on site and not have to wait for somebody else with the installer. Um, maybe not the best for tackling frost, but code compliant in some areas. Sounds yeah. like. So. Um, Northridge GC says, we've been looking into helical piles for docks, which we have been told is possible. I just wonder how you would drive them in. Like, if you're 12 feet out from the shore, how do you get that pile to go into the... Oh, so, yeah. you could probably do it from a barge. How do you build a... You just need a hydraulic Yeah, how do you build driver. A, Yeah, like Jason Varney builds off of. Yeah. <laughs> you might want to anchor yourself, or you'll just be, like, <laughs> swinging around <laughs> the boat. <laughs> but, anyway, it's, it's probably possible, I guess. I don't know. So, that's the next one we're talking about, is helical screw piles. Now, we've made no... Phew no secret that we are huge fans of these things and they make so much sense in our market. Yep. Um, but even some guys that resisted using them for a long time are now using them. Because they got paid to. <laughs> Hashtag <laughs> Jason Russell, who is in a market in Washington where he, like 12 why inches was ever, fine. Why would you ever do that there? Right? So if I was if I was in the Washington area, I wouldn't do screw piles. Yeah. doesn't make sense. Right? Here it does. I don't know how deep he's going with them though. Like you could probably get away with going four feet down there. Yeah, with those, it's probably plenty. 
Sure. The helical piles we put in here are 10 feet long by like, that's the short size available from most of the guys. I know there's other ones that have like some seven footers, eight right. footers, whatever, or longer. And then you can always put extensions on to drive deeper if you have to, but that's usually it's like, it's not common unless an engineer is called for it, which the engineers usually do. Mm-hmm. If like they don't, they just apply concrete rules like mm-hmm. 18 feet deep. Um, or like our, our installer that we've used before, he said he's done some stuff out in solar fields or different areas where he's had to go like 40, 50 feet deep. And so, the reason he'll have to go that far down is they're trying to achieve a certain torque. Yeah. To, so that the thing doesn't rip out of the ground. Mm-hmm. And so he has a torque meter on there and it's just like, if they don't hit the torque, they put another extension on. Down they go. Yep. Until he hits proper load. and Keep then, on going. Yep. And so these helical screw piles we're talking about are much the same science as those little Pilex ones, just on a much mm-hmm. heavier duty scale. These are the actual proper thing to use, whereas those Pilex ones are very light duty DIY home, yeah. homeowner type product or copy of them. Um, so these things, in our case, 10 inch, or sorry, 10 foot long shaft, depends on the company you look at. Some are two and three eighths, some are three and a half, so they got four inch, like there's yeah. different sizes of pipe depending on the load you need to support. Correct. And the size of the tine or the helix on the bottom is different. It could be eight inches, ten inches, twelve inches, sixteen inches. Like, correct. They, it's just welded steel. You make them whatever size you need to make them, mm-hmm. and they drive in hydraulically. So you do need machinery. Now, some franchises like Post Tech use just like a like an excavator, mini excavator to drive them in. Yep. Other companies like Techno Metal Post have a little remote control drive, like walk behind. Not even walk behind, like fully remote control units that hydraulically drive these things in. Everybody's yep. a little bit different. Yeah, yeah. Um, but essentially, any machinery is a hydraulic attachment on it could dry it, you just have to need something that spins yeah so they're amazing because they drive in super quick and easy so you place the like you mark out your piles you place where the pile is going to go and you start turning it and it screws itself into the ground until you're deep enough it's that easy and it takes two minutes <laughs> it's fast like two minutes in our clay so fast and once you're at the end you pop the pins out and like it's done you're ready to build mm-hmm that's the big benefit of it. No mess, no cleanup, no excavating hole out, no shoveling anything. You drive it in, you step around it. No waiting. Like there's no... Ready to go. You don't have to wait for it to cure. It's, it's good. It's nothing. Like from the time the guy shows up and unloads the machinery off his trailer and drives back and puts four piles in, like we're under an hour. Mm-hmm. It's probably 40 minutes to do all that. And then you're building. So, so it's you're maybe like, it's building, so slick. Like you're maybe building already when he shows up so he's popping the piles in your ledger's getting attached to the house and you're spiking the beam together and you know what i mean like yeah he leaves and and all of a sudden the beam's up and you're like it's just here we go good to go yep yep they're framed by two o'clock in the afternoon yeah yeah they're slick that's that's the ideal situation and they battle frost a little bit differently so they've got that big plate at the bottom that screws in mm-hmm. and that's doing two things one it's providing the load depending on the size of the plate and the torque that it's, that's requiring to screw it in, that's providing like your weight bearing capacity, but also it acts yeah. as a bloody anchor. Correct. So it's like if the frost or anything tries to heave the ground up, it's like, well, that thing's anchored into the ground. Yes, it's a three inch pipe, but down below there's a 12 inch plate there that we need to like rip up straight through the ground. It's yeah. like, it's just not going to happen. And so the 12 inch plate is doing all the holding. The 12 inch plate has all of this and the frost is able to move up and down. That's fine. It just, it just moves around the pipe. Yeah. No big it slides deal. up and down the shaft. Slides up and down the shaft. That's what she said. <laughs> Slowly, though. Yeah. It's not, not, too fast. not too fast. Not too fast. Now, there's different plate uh, or caps or saddles that you can put on the top of these things. And different brands work different ways. Some guys come out and they weld it to the top of the post. Like, they weld the bracket on. Other guys have adjustable threaded yeah. rods again. And so you can do that weld because the theory behind it is it's not moving. So mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if you are if you have adjustable We've that's right. We've grown up in a climate where everything moves all the time. So the idea of welding to the top of that like makes me nervous. I get anxiety around yeah. that. Well, the nice thing about it is that yeah. at install time too, if it's adjustable, like you don't need your installer to be so bang on on his mm-hmm. depth of the of each pile. Yeah, he just has to be close. He's yeah. within an inch. You got a f- six inch rod that you can spin in and adjust your heights and do micro adjustments when you're going to level out your beam if you want. That's the nice thing about it then. Yeah, because mm-hmm. a lot of those ones like that actually bolt on to the to the shaft of the pipe, after you've put the beam on, they're no longer adjustable. Like you can't turn the saddle anymore anyway. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it's really just meant for leveling at the time of install. Yeah. Yep. 
So anyways, they're slick as shit. Um, the industry is going that way. Like more and more deck builders are buying their own equipment to put them in themselves or they're investing in a franchise or they've yep. formed partnership with somebody that's going to do them for them. Mm-hmm. Home builders are still doing concrete because that's what they're using for their house. Um, but these things are used for all sorts of stuff too, for houses or for cottages and solar fields and uh, structural slabs. Yeah. All sorts of stuff. So they're amazing. There's like, it's a revolutionary product in the decking industry, I think. Agreed. Now, the last one we're going to talk about, I don't know much about this one, but it seems to me it's kind of like a bit of a take on the helical screw pile. And <laughs> I've heard them referred to or called as... as I'm aware of this product. <laughs> yeah. It that's exists. I'm aware of. It exists. And I'm going to call it a ground screw because that's kind of what they call it <laughs> as a ground screw. Now, it's very similar to a... Deck screw. Helical screw pile. It's just a deck screw. It's, just one it's a really deck big screw. deck screw. It's a large That's what it is. <laughs> ceramic coated deck screw. But essentially it's that. It's a steel shaft, but instead of having one large helix on it, it's got threading like a screw and a pointy end like a screw. Yep. That's what I said. And it's driven in electrically, like with a tool that just plugs in. Cool. And it dry and so you just like bring out a case, it's a little tool you tap and put on the end of it, and it'll drive that thing in. And so now you've even reduced your equipment size even more and it's like easily something you can throw in the trailer yeah um these ground screws being that they're like the ones that are they're installing down in california i think blake from california deck pros is using them Correct, has yeah. used them yep um they don't need them to be very long they're only about four feet long so like you could literally store 20 of those in your trailer at any Possibly. given time it's not yep. that hard right yeah i don't um in other markets i don't know if they go longer they, they probably must go longer so i don't i have no experience with these to know i just find them very interesting the idea of them to me, they seem like they wouldn't be as effective against the frost as just having the one big plate at the bottom because it's not a smooth surface down the shaft. It's all threaded. So then there's more, like the ground can grab it. More surface area to hold onto. I think. Yeah. Unless you can get 10 foot deep long ones. But even that at have that, you're three still feet just... of threading and then a shaft, smooth shaft above that. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. You're still just holding on to the frost. That's why I don't like that. That's so I'm much. curious, the people in the Instagram live here, if you've used these ground screws, the, the stop digging ground screws, what do you think? Like, are they good? Are they are they bad? Is there any issues? Is there like any what's surprises? The, what's the cost on them? That I don't know either. I would suspect that they're probably similar to the helical screw piles, given that they're all just like galvanized steel again. Um, Once again, Bryce, we're just aware of these things. You're just aware. I'm aware that this exists. Call it a hundred bucks a piece. You'll want to use like, the internet to Google it. Because that's the other nice thing is that your your cost probably is a hundred hundred fifty bucks a piece on those because you're not paying somebody else to install them either. Yes, you buy the tool, which is. Right. Probably a thousand bucks, whatever, for the tool. But Cost per wear goes down as you pop some of those into the ground. Yeah. But with helical screw piles, if you're subbing that out, you're paying 300 bucks, give or take, per pile. Yeah, probably. Maybe a little de- bit more cost. Probably depends on the length of the pile, but. Yeah. Uh, TC Deck says they don't sell the... They don't sell just the equipment to individuals. You have to buy into the franchise, and they only allow a certain number per area. Well, that's good. That's good because it protects you from like, yeah. Yeah, he looked into them. Um, fairly good construction says in Australia as well, they only have 600 thread. I feel like that's millimeter talk again. It is? I'm out. We should be in on that. <laughs> I know we should be. Bayo S, Bayo.S makes ground screws as well, and they're extendable. Oh. Mm. Because I saw, I saw the stop no digging, or yep. Yep. stop digging stop ones. Digging ones yeah. And then there's these ones called B-A-Y-O, B-A-Y-O dot S. Fairly good says, I'm yet to use, but was going to try it on a smaller deck first. I'm just not sure on it. Yeah. Always a good plan. That's where I'm at too. It's like, if they work really good, they seem like they'd be really convenient to use. But where's the science? <laughs> Somebody will have it. Somebody it, uh, will have that science. I'm sure they work really great. I'm, my question is just about the frost. That's it. Yeah. Here, right? Yeah. So. Cool. Wait, any others? There's, of course, there's other options for foundations. These are the most common. Yeah. Or the most up and coming. Um, there's a lot of products out there that claim to be like a foundation option, and they are, but they're just not, like they're very regional. So these are the ones that you're bound to run into and maybe consider on your projects. I just didn't involve the stuff that was like not not super known about. So. Yeah, I don't know. It's like there's on the ground and in the ground and and around the ground. That's it. Like I don't know. Bryce, put a good foundation on your deck. What do you figure? In under. Yeah, under. you could talk about that a little bit. Like 
This is Why this is not? one area where people tend to want to skimp because it's not the pretty stuff. I gotta yeah. put lights on instead. It's like it doesn't matter. Your deck's gonna fall down in two years, so don't worry about the lights. But the lights might help the rescue crew find you, <laughs> right? Exactly. In the rubble. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's unfortunately something people tend to want to skip on, skimp on, mm-hmm. because it's not pretty. It's like, wait, you're telling me like the thirty dollar option is like looks the same as the $300 option. Like to me, when I build my deck, it's like, yeah, it does. But the other one's, it's better. Why? Because it's not going to move. Well, whatever. My neighbor doesn't have them. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> I, okay. Do I have to use them? Here, you don't have to use them. Okay. Well then, yeah, I'll just, I'll just do the blocks in the garden. Sweet. Give me the lights. Yeah. yeah. So there it is. So we sell them the lights. Yeah. I don't know. It's tough. Like, of course, I think that the right way to do it is to put... Some sort of pile. Put some sort of pile on the ground. But I'm not going to lose a sale over that. I can tell you that for sure. Well, that's the problem here. Like I said, 85, This I'm pulling this straight out of my arse. 85% of decks are built here that As are not, the rest of the not second story decks are built with the GH levelers or the ground yeah. slabs, right? So let's so. actually clarify that in our area. The rule is if the deck is over six feet, you have to have an in-ground contact. It's yeah. not just every deck gets to be set on top of the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Only under six feet. And that's only in, Re- in Regina. If you go down the street to Moose Jaw, 40 minutes away, it's two Moose feet. Jaw, Saskatchewan. Moose Jaw. Yeah. So the rules are different everybody, everywhere a little bit, but there are a lot of scenarios where they require you to do a proper pile. It's not that they're just like super willy-nilly about things here. Right. But if it's under six feet, they don't care if you die from it. Yeah. Well, yeah. you don't die. You don't die from falling six feet. Mm. Unless, it's, unless it's by railing, because then when you're near railing, it has to be two feet, because... 24 inches, you die. 23 inches, you're okay. Injury. Mm. Okay, fairly good construction says in Australia, you have to worry about the kangaroos kicking them out. No frost down there. Get a machine gun. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, that's a a quick quick run through of all (laughs) the foundation options that you can put under your deck. Like I said, the... We've talked about some ones that are really, really good and then there's some cheap options. Go with a good foundation. I'd like to go shoot kangaroos someday. Yeah? Yeah. You want to go shoot kangaroos? Get yourself a roo? Uh, I mean, sure. Like, <laughs> mostly just to see Australia, not so much for the shooting. Well, I just like, roo. I feel like the, I feel like the putting myself into that scenario is a large, a large investment. It's like, it's not like we just go on the weekend. But Shane, like, you might get snake. Yeah, you could eat right? snake. So there, there you go. go. What's the craziest thing you've eaten? Craziest thing I've eaten? Yeah. The, the most like exotic. Uh, so not like. Okay. One time I ate my fingernails. No, I'm oh. talking like actual like food that's not normal here. Uh, so there's some sort of like Icelandic shark that you can get that they, the story is that they bury, they go, the fishing town goes and like kill, kills a shark, but the, the meat's a little poisonous. And so they dig a big hole and everybody pisses on it and mm-hmm. let it sit because the ammonia, Cause the ammonia kills, it. kills it. And then you eat this meat. And you drink Icelandic potato schnapps, and it tastes like piss meat. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> I, you win. You asked. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like some sort of vegetable you can't get here. What Durian. about you? Durian. <laughs> Haggis. Sheep brain would be oh, the worst. Yeah. That's the weirdest thing I've had. Somebody, TC Des in the Instagram says, who named the cities in Saskatchewan? He doesn't He's even got know. no idea. Yeah, so you go to, so you go to Moose Jaw, and then you go <laughs> down the road to Eyebrow, and then once you get to Eyebrow, you can go to Elbow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I should tell him, I, I should tell him there's a book that he should read. Um, I'll what about you, Shane? What's the weirdest thing you've eaten? Uh, I was trying to think of it while I was asking that. So my trip to that restaurant in Banff, there's a few things on there that's probably the most exotic, to be honest. Like, like not... Not seasoned in the way you've done your Weird shark, but like your shark. shark. Uh, yak was on there. Um, kangaroo. So that stuff was like, that was different for me. I can't think of anything beyond that. But my mother actually used to live up in Nunavut. And so this is going to be special mm-hmm. for our American mm-hmm. friends too. Mm-hmm. But like, it's pretty well known that like 80% of the population of Canada lives within like 100 miles of the US border. Yes. Like we, we kind of hug the southern portion of this. But way up in the uninhabited north, there's people that do live up there. My mom went up there and her, her late husband, and they spent a couple of years up there really embracing the local Inuit culture. Inuit culture, yeah. And they partook, partook, mm-hmm. partook, 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 partook in 
the elders like clubbing a seal or hunting a seal and then like <laughs> clubbing. <laughs> maybe not maybe clubbing. <laughs> I don't know how they put the seal down. But right they there, shoot it's like them usually like yeah, maybe maybe it was a shot, strangle them with but their like bare hands. Back in the day, it was a clubbing. But and so now. it's a bit of a community event there again. And pardon me if I get any of this wrong because I don't know. Like I'm not trying to be insensitive to this. I'm just recalling the story as I see fit. But uh, they said that like the locals, it's like a big deal when the elder brings back a seal or whatever, and everybody kind of like the kids come running over and they and they will like drink the blood out of the seal. They like scoop up the blood out of the skull of it or whatever. Fresh they blood. Are, like the eyeballs are a delicacy. It's like eyeballs, <laughs> yummy. And so. Hmm. I didn't do it, but I think that's like, that was the one that made me think like, boy, I don't know if that's mm-hmm. one I would do. Yeah. <laughs> like I would try a lot of things, a lot of cooked things that are like, they're just not normal here, but they're normal somewhere else. Yeah. I'm, I'm down with that. I had moose but tongue. Raw blood time. and eyeballs. Is like, tongue is awesome. I think tongue's great I think meat. it was a joke. It was like tough and chewy and it was like, it was really bad. Oh, cow tongue's I was good. 16 and I think it was a joke. So Chicken hearts. Chicken hearts are good. Delicious. So my Gizzards, wife, delicious. my wife, <laughs> yeah, right. They're my so wife good. still finds us. We've been together for I don't even know now eight years. She still finds us strange that my family used to cook the you know the pack of of giblets, Gizz- the giblets, whatever you want to call it, the, the gizzard and the, the heart giblets, and the liver yeah. and all that stuff. It was like when we were younger, they, we cooked those up, and the between my me and my sister, we kind of fight over them. Oh, yeah. like, I want the liver. And so I don't. I never wanted the liver, I but the heart the and the gizzard. The heart and the gizzard. The gizzard was always the best. The throat's not bad. I wasn't allowed to have the gizzard growing up. That was always dad had the gizzard, <laughs> but now he's not around when I cook the turkey. So, that oh, one, and they don't one time a year. You know, yeah, twice. But, um, so, uh, for fairly good construction and for TC decks, they should look up a book called Dirty Birds. Dirty Birds, and uh. Dirty Birds, and it's a written by a guy from Saskatchewan, and it has a whole whack of like Saskatchewan lingo in it. The guys from um, Belly Button, Saskatchewan. Belly Button, Saskatchewan. Right? Is that a real town? Yeah, no, it's not. It's not a real town, but Big Beaver. Yeah. Anyways, there's just like my one coach was played in the SJ and Flin Flon, and then came back and opened up a garage, and it's just like all of the stories are. It's Saskatchewan. It reads Saskatchewan. Nice. TC Dex wants to know what the book's name is. What's the book, Wade? Dirty Birds. Dirty Birds. Yep. Maybe I should comment on it. So you can go look that one up and entertain yourself. Oh, we're gaining people back. They like the nonsense at the end. Apparently. Flip the nonsense to the end. Foundation of every great podcast. The bullshit at the end. Okay, let's go then. And the start. Turn it off. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in. That's uh, another great episode of the Ultimate Deck Podcast. If you are interested in sponsoring or advertising on the podcast, shoot me a message on Instagram. We'll see you next week. Hey, thank you for listening to the Ultimate Deck Podcast. Now you know what we're about. Check the site. Come and shop. UltimateDeckShop.com. Hit us right away for sponsorships. So tell us if you want to collaborate. Let's go. Check us out on any social networks. Thank you for listening.